Welcome to the Elliot Confidential Podcast. I'm Christopher Elliot here with Aaron and I'm Elliot and new theme music. What do you guys think of the theme music? What? I have not heard this theme music. I know. Aaron composed it. I know. I'm an artist now. Let me hear <laughs> it. But I have some good news today because we've upgraded our equipment. We've heard all of your complaints about the audio quality. So we are now all on new microphones that we got. We got some nice Rode lapel mics. And uh, they are, they're really the sound quality. I've used it for TV. Uh, we had one and then we bought two more. So hopefully that fixes things. Yes, I used to do ASMR on these microphones. They have very, <laughs> they have very good sound quality. No, I'm serious. I did some videos beforehand. They were actually really good videos. The question of the day here, and, and I want you to stop the podcast and answer this question in the comments if you can, is what is the most entitled guest or passenger that you've ever seen when you've traveled? We will get to this later on because we have some stories to share with you. But tell us now in the comments if you've ever, you know, been traveling and seen someone throw a hissy fit while they're waiting for an airline or something for, for a flight um, or waiting for a cruise or at a hotel. Tell us about it, please. Yes, but it can't be us. It can't be us. No, obviously not. No, yeah. Anybody but us. Have yeah. we ever had a meltdown, do you think? I shouldn't ask. Should I ask? Uh, if, if, if it did happen, it was very silently. It's like silent screams of agony and pain. But I've never said anything like, do you know who I am or anything like that? No, you've said it ironically though. Okay, ironically is different than <laughs> yeah. actually. Um, we're still in Paris. So today we're going to talk a little bit about um, what it's like to live in Paris as a local. Uh, Aaron and I have been taking walks uh, while you've been working on your uh, grad school. So we, we have three walks that we want to talk about. And then a lot of you also asked about the heat wave. We will discuss the heat wave and how things went um, when we were in Paris. Wait, there was a heat wave? Yeah, what do you call that thing that happened a couple of days ago? That was uh, where it was like 97 degrees in the room. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even notice that. I thought that was just the normal temperature for Paris. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Oh, not okay. at all. Yeah, I actually had problems sleeping because yeah. it was so hot. But I we can get into that we, later. We all did, yeah. We're also going to have a discussion about customer service. And some of the things that hotel owners, general managers, uh, PR people have been telling me about guests in Paris, you're definitely going to want to stick around for that. And then we are going to have our secret that we tell every week, which I don't even know what it is. I have so many secrets to choose from. I don't know about you guys. Anyway, let's start with Paris. Uh, I, your impressions of Paris so far, please. Well, every time I leave, it's always so dark outside, and you guys are sleeping also. We should explain that you have been keeping West Coast U.S. hours because of graduate school, right? Yeah. So basically, I have to stay up until 3 a.m. multiple times a week. Usually it's just twice, which is good, but sometimes it's three, out, uh, three times if there's like office hours. And I have to stay up that late because that's when the lectures are. And if I don't go to the lecture school, first of all, I'm missing out on so much value that you get out of graduate school. But also, I have to like do these ridiculously big assignments to compensate for not going to these lectures. So, it so better to go sense. to the lectures. Yeah. Aaron, your impressions of Paris so far? Well, Paris is a fascinating city. I mean, I really didn't expect this. So we just realized that we're not in the tourist quarters. Like, and I'm no. used to. I'm used to when I'm whenever I'm in a city being regularly, well, fairly close to 
some tourist areas. But I didn't realize how authentic this was until we actually went to the tourist quarters, the uh, first arrondissement here in Paris, and I realized, wow, that is very different. Yeah, we're in the 19th, which yeah. is far away from everything. And just to give you an idea of how authentic it is, there is no McDonald's, no Starbucks. It's all very, very, I mean, I'm sure there is, but in our neighborhood, in our immediate neighborhood, there isn't. It's just very, very local. Yeah, I, I wanted to go to a Chipotle. The nearest Chipotle was about a 40-minute walk, which is, it's fine. You know, it's not, not too long a walk, but it is way out of, out of the way. And also, I kind of realized halfway through the walk, why the hell am I walking 40 minutes to go to a Chipotle when I'm in Paris, like the culinary capital of the world? I know, I know. You should be eating um, Parisian food, which is very good. We haven't had a bad meal here yet. No, no, yeah. If you're in Paris, go to Le Bichat. Great salads. I have that stuff every, almost every day. It's incredible. I, I love Paris. I didn't think I was going to. I've been here in the past and I've, I haven't stayed as long as I did this time. And, um, and it was in a different part of town. But I found actually the Parisians to be very nice. Uh, they seem to like Americans, and they like it when you try to speak French, which we do. Um, Ooh, I have a story on that. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so so I speak this. I initially speak in English whenever I'm talking with someone here because I can't speak any. Uh, I was about to say Spanish. I can't speak any French, and then they speak back to me in French. I'm like, oh no, they don't speak English at all. And then I'm like, well, the closest language that I know to French is Brazilian Portuguese. So I say, you know what? They'll probably understand me better. So I was, I was just uh, trying to order food. I think this was actually at Lobby Shop. And so I said, hello. And they said, bonjour. And I'm like, oh no, okay, okay. And then I, and I start speaking Brazilian Portuguese. Oh, okay, isso. And then they're like, okay, what do you want? So they, <clears throat> they just really didn't like Brazilian Portuguese, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, they would rather speak to me in English. Uh, than Brazilian Portuguese, their non-preferred language. Yeah. We have taken three really cool walks, Aaron and I, while you've been Aiden, uh, doing your graduate school. Uh, one of them was, we're right near, we're in, so we're in the 19th, right near the Rothschild Hospital, right near the park. And we took uh, one walk down to Sacré-Cœur, which is Sacred Heart, that big church right up on the hill. And uh, it takes us through some interesting neighborhoods. There's actually a Middle Eastern neighborhood, and we've got to check that place out because they have, you know, all these really great restaurants. But then there's the Indian, Tibetan, mm -hmm. Pakistani neighborhood. And that's, uh, if you go from the 19th arrondissement uh, all the way up to Sacré-Cœur, you're going to pass by so many Indian restaurants, so many Indian grocery stores. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's not anywhere where tourists normally go, but it's a nice walk. It's safe. I don't, and we never felt like we were in a bad place. You walk across the, the canals and then you go up the hill. And, and now I have a, a story to tell you. When I was here years and years ago, I went up that hill during the, uh, on Bastille Day and they had the fireworks up there. And it was, that was really quite an event. There's another walk that we've done, which is uh, down to Notre Dame which is being fixed up. Mm -hmm. It is, you can't stand on the, you used to be able to congregate in front of the church. That's all closed off. They're doing construction there, but um, it's, it, there's an exhibit where it shows you what they've done to fix the church after that huge, horrible fire that they had there. And then you walk around town there and there's all kinds of really amazing restaurants. There's a park. So what are your impressions? You've seen Notre Dame before and now being rebuilt. What do you think of that, Aaron? I mean, wow, 
That's a great question. Really, you've seen, I've seen Notre Dame uh, turn into basically a construction site and it, it feels now much more, I really do feel the presence of the government and construction and whatnot. Whereas beforehand, it just felt like another building. But yeah. now, you know, now you can see like, yeah, no, this building was really important. And you can tell by the measures that they're going to just how important Notre Dame is uh, for the for the French, for the Parisians, and for the tourists too. And we did another walk about an hour, which takes you down into the first. We uh, we actually visited two hotels, uh, the Fauchon and the uh, uh, Crillon. Yes. Uh, which is the hotel that all the Americans go to, so they say, very nice luxury hotel, and that takes you through the beautiful part, the huge wide boulevards and the shopping and all of the the really the A-list restaurants that everyone tries to get into but they can't because there's a one waiting list and and then also uh, the the opera and all the really big buildings there and that's pretty spectacular too I mean we're gonna go back there tomorrow to check it out yeah I mean beforehand we would just walk over to Le Marais which is uh, another sort of area where they have touristy things. They have also just m m way more shopping that you can do in Le Marais. Um, but that's, you know, that's just south of here. That's maybe closer to Notre Dame. There's uh, still a lot there that I want to see in Le Marais, but I think that the first arrondissement, that's very close to, firstly, the Eiffel Tower. Mm -hmm. uh, they have the Madeleine Church which is a church that looks like a Greek temple. It's a Greek temple. I thought it was yeah. a Greek temple. And then we said, oh, let's go check that out. That was today. Um, I'll post some pictures with the podcast. Pretty incredible. I mean, and Aiden will take you there tomorrow. Pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you can walk over to the Eiffel Tower to heat wave. We should talk about the heat. Aiden, <laughs> you're so funny. You didn't know that we were having a heat wave. That's because we were just in Athens where it's probably just as hot as the hottest day here in Paris. And then before that in Turkey, when it got pretty hot there oh, as well. Oh, it's not just that. It's not just that. I mean, we lived in Reno for how long? Three months? Oh. And in Sedona for eight months. And over there in the summer, that's just the normal. I know, but you have air Jeez. conditioning, but you don't here. And this is the thing. I, I talk to a lot of Parisians and they tell me, we don't have air conditioning. No one has air conditioning. The only places you can find air conditioning are in hotels. Well, yeah, the, the, the only comment I had during the heat wave was, wait, do, we, do we have air conditioning or not? Because, I mean, I would prefer some air conditioning, and you guys said no. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just going to have to deal with this. But the thing is, is if you open the window to get some colder air in, or it doesn't good, work. it's not really cold. Because outside is, is the oven, just like in uh, Houston, Texas. Oh, yes, Houston, oh, that was God. bad. But um, the problem, too, is the street noise, because we're right next to the Rothschild Hospital, and, and so you hear the ambulances just going up at all odd mm. hours of the day. You hear them going up there. Even with the, that the wakes windows, you up. Even with the windows closed, you can hear it all. But you creak that open just a little bit, and it's like... An, an, yeah, it's, it's like oh, a concert, but it's it all just never stops. nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. You know, the last time I experienced heat like this, where I really couldn't do anything about it, had to be when we were staying in Hilo. Near Hilo. Oh, yes. Except less humidity here than in Hilo and fewer tree frogs. Yeah, I would say the tree frogs were actually more soothing than the uh, these ambulance noises. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, yeah, back then, I remember we were staying in this rental and 
they had a lock on the AC you all unit because they wanted you to, to pay extra for yeah, that. Yeah, that was a bad situation. Yeah. Most places in Hilo did not have an AC. This place did, but if we wanted to use it, we were told that we were gonna have to pay extra for it. And we said, mm, sorry, not gonna do that. We opened all the windows, but it was hot the entire time. We were a month there and it was really, really hot. Yeah, but, but I would say from my experience with, with all those places that we've been to and all that heat, calling that a heat wave here in, in Paris is like a, is like a baby boy move. Well, I don't think that the heat wave here was that terrible compared to some of the other heat we've had. I don't even think you can consider it a heat I wave. I mean, I remember when we were in Reno two years ago and, and we had the fires on the hill. And that was hell on earth. That was <laughs> literally, it felt like, you know, what hell must feel like because you could feel the, fire, the heat from the fire, but it was also a really crispy, dry heat that it, kind of burned. It looked yeah. and felt like what you would imagine hell would feel like and then you would walk 15 feet and you go to a park that was filled with lush green grass. I don't know how the city funds that, but that, the, that irrigation plan cannot be sustainable. Yeah. Uh, well, I would say the thing about Reno is I remember just waking up uh, in the morning and there being a thick, thick layer of smoke throughout the house that we were staying in. Oh, yeah. It oh, was yeah. bad. Well, that, that was, smelt. It, it smelled bad. It was sage that was burning the entire time. It was the desert sage. Eh, it wasn't but that it, bad. But it was, so we were, everything was very clean because of the <laughs> sage was everywhere. But it, I, I would wake up and I would not be able to take a deep breath. Aaron and I had the privilege of speaking with the general manager of a luxury boutique hotel called the Fauchon. And we also met with the director of PR at the Crillon, as I mentioned before, which is a larger hotel, just underwent a renovation, beautiful place. And what they both said, and this is fascinating, I asked them, how has your visitor changed since the pandemic? And they said, our visitors have become much more demanding. They're less likely to wait patiently when they're at a restaurant table. They call us incessantly months before their arrival to um, ask for restaurant reservations and special arrangements. And they're maybe just a little bit snippier too. They want to make sure that their vacation that they're finally getting after three long years is going to be perfect. And then at the end of the day, their attitude is what ruined it. I mean, I think that if you go on vacation with a very demanding attitude, you're probably not going to have as good a time as if you go with more of an open mind and uh, pack some patience too. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I can understand why people would be very incessant when they, they go on their vacation. They want to make sure that everything is absolutely perfect because it's not something that they're doing very often. But at the same time, I think if you talk with anyone who has lived nomadically for a long period of time, uh, they would say, hey, just keep an open mind. That's probably the best way you're going to have a good experience uh, in a new location. And I know that that probably sounds very entitled, like, oh, I'm traveling more than you, and I know it's good, and I know it's best. But, I mean, I would listen. Uh, so you listen to you. I would listen. To I me. don't know if I would listen. I would, to I would listen to me. Uh, I am well because every seventeen-year-old thinks that they know everything. Well, yeah. And you know, Some it's do, all right? in the attitude and the confidence. If I think I know everything, I do know everything, right? I think that a lot of folks will go on a vacation. They only have a week or two. I mean, you have to remember in the U.S., we only have two weeks of vacation standard. 
if at all. And so uh, they're one, they want to make the best of it. They, they demand uh, a perfection, basically. And yeah. even and now more than ever. But um, it's interestingly, never perfection. It's never perfection. you can never get perfection. No. That's the one takeaway from what we've learned being on the road is that, oh, it's never perfect. It's never, there's always going to be something. I think others will, will concur with us on that. Too. I think so too, yeah, yeah. But um, I th one of the things that the director of communications at the Client said is that she thinks things are going to go back to normal. Like after this one summer, that maybe people will become a little bit less demanding. I think that was a. I think that's what she hoped for, at least. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, I think I think probably because Which, it, if everyone gets their you know time to go out this summer, maybe next summer you know it won't be quite as special. They won't be quite as demanding. Yeah. Well, that that actually brings me to this week's question again which is, what is the most entitled guest or passenger that you've ever seen? So Aaron, what's the most entitled guest that you've ever seen while you've traveled? Oh, the most entitled guest. Well, outside of my own family. Excluding your own family, yes, of course. Well, I have to say, I think that I've seen some uh, pretty ridiculous things, but mainly it's just uh, secondhand, you know, all the things that I've heard about. It's Mainly just secondhand. So in it's terms those of, YouTube videos that you saw people yeah. having a meltdown at the yeah, gate. But, public freakouts. I do yeah. remember this one time where, like, my brother and sister. We were in a van with other tourists, and my brother and sister were just, you know, they're playing around and being idiots. And then this woman just snipes at us, just like is just as we were about to leave the. Oh, bus. I can. Yeah, that <clears> was I remember Kenya. that one. Yeah. So. Uh, we, we were in Kenya and my sister and I were fighting over a seat. I think it was something stupid. It's, you know, the th type of things that uh, an 11 year old or 12, I think it was 11. Yeah, you guys were pretty young. An 11 year old would fight about. And so I don't, I don't understand why, you know, you would get so mad at like an 11 year old fighting over something stupid because that's just what 11 year olds do. Regardless, um, she, just as... Um, oh yeah, I remember. Okay, so what we were finding about had to do with patience for some reason. I think it was like, I'm just wait for me to get out of the seat so you can get out. And it was Eris just teasing me because she was like, yeah, of course I'm never going to get this, this, give the seat to you, you brute. You. So, and I so, just remember she had a total meltdown, this woman. Yeah. She so had some issues. Five, I, I want to say less than a minute before we park and it, you, you don't know when you're parking yet because you don't know the location. She said, why can't you guys just be patient? Um, but it, it wasn't in those words and it wasn't in that tone. It was, it was very rudely and, and very loudly just before we parked. And so the takeaway from that was if she was just a little bit more patient, we wouldn't have had that meltdown. If yeah. she just waited another minute. I was, uh, I was embarrassed for her because she was, yeah. uh, she was an adult and she was yelling at two kids, basically, who were just being kids. That's all. Yeah, she was probably having a bad day or, hey, a bad year. Who knows? I think she was having a bad year uh, because probably. I was talking to her before in the van and she, she had some problems. But yeah. anyway, yeah, I've seen... I wouldn't say I've seen more entitled behavior this summer, but I've seen a lot of it in the past, and it's usually it usually involves someone at a, a ticket counter at the airport yelling at an agent, and um, you know the agents they don't get paid enough to deal with that kind of thing, and uh, unfortunately, mm -hmm. uh, in some some of the cases, security had to be called and these people had to be removed. So um, if you're thinking about doing something that's very entitled. You know, maybe take a deep breath um, because this is the people are are on the lookout for entitled behavior to film. And, and, 
not just not just a film, but uh, to call security. Yeah. So if you give them a really hard time, you might find yourself uh, on the next flight back home. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so don't you know? Don't do that. Probably. Time to tell a secret. You guys have any secrets uh, that you've learned this week, or secrets, uh, maybe other people's secrets that you'd like to share? <laughs> um, it's called Elliot Confidential, so you have to tell something. Elliot Confidential. Okay, Con- something confidential for you guys is that whenever you, um, okay, something confidential for you all to know is when you watch the video this week for uh, my dad's latest article you will see that there's a lot of B-roll in certain sections. Whenever there's B-roll there, it's a part that my dad didn't want to look at the camera for. So oh, I put oh, a lot of B-roll over ouch. that. Yeah, that's yeah. Not good. yeah. Sometimes he just doesn't want to look at the camera. He just wants to read off the script, so then I have to put B-roll over okay. it. Okay, but, but thank you for mentioning that. We've been doing more YouTube videos. Yes. I would love to know what you guys think. Uh, so if you're listening and you want to yeah. uh, rant about the videos that we've been doing, yes. we've really been trying, you Please. know? Tell us how great the videos are, because uh, yeah. I, I mean, I already know they're amazing because I'm the one who edited them, but if you guys just want to confirm that and tell me how amazing my videos are in the comments, please feel free to do so. You know, you're working with, uh, the talent is limited, let's just put it that way. What? You know, the talent. The talent. My talent, you know, because I'm the talent, right? Oh, you're right. Because I'm the talent. You're my, the... my talent is overflowing. <laughs> you know, you're right. Of course. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to Spoken make sure. Spoken like a 17-year-old. Thank you. Yes. Uh, my secret for this week is that uh, I, have, I have seen some pretty incredible things walking downtown in Paris with Aaron, where you go from one street, you cross a street, and then you're in the touristy area, and suddenly the crowds swell. It's like everyone is going to the same place. But if you cross the street and go back in the other direction, suddenly you're in a place where there's no Starbucks, no McDonald's, no Burger King. It's just very authentic Parisian, and it's all locals. And so my secret today would be, no matter where you are, it doesn't have to be Paris, if you're going to Europe, if you're staying in the States, if you're going somewhere else, see if you can get just a little bit away from the tourist area. Now, don't get yourself in trouble. Don't go to a dangerous part of town. But if you, sometimes all it takes is you crossing the street and you get into an area that's much more authentic and where people will be genuinely appreciative of you and your business if you go walk into a cafe sit down and order a coffee. You're not going to treat you like a tourist. They're going to treat you like a local and it'll be a better experience too. Yeah. And another crazy thing about that is is that the language completely switches. You cross the street and not only do the people at the businesses in the touristy areas speak, you know, English to you, uh, but also the people walking in, in, in the streets all around you start speaking, you know, English or a foreign language that's, you know, not from the country and you cross the road, all French. They only speak French in the stores. So you're going to have to have your little Google Translate, and they all are speaking French in the streets. But, again, it can really be a much better it's experience. It's good to learn another language. It can be a much better experience. Yeah. And I would say Aaron, of all of us, probably knows the most French. Um, what is your secret this week, Aaron? That's a great question. <laughs> I, I think that, know. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. There's just a lot of little things. Like, uh, here, I discovered, the, my, so far, my favorite hummus in the grocery stores which seems uh, like a very, very small thing. But really, if you think about it, like the context of this especially, uh, we've gone to a variety of grocery stores and found a variety of products. And, you know, that's something you expect. However, I've seen, like, for example, in the United States where products are basically the same everywhere. 
especially in grocery stores. Here in France, and uh, I'll say to, to extend to most of Europe, um, a lot of the products are just different from place to place. So, for example, certain, certain food outlets are going to source from more Middle Eastern places. Like, we're right next to a pizza place that's run by a Middle Eastern Oh, those guy. guys are all Syrian, yeah. Yeah. So your advice is basically to shop around to have a more authentic experience, which is a good secret. I don't yeah. think people do that. If, yeah, if you're going to stay in a, in a vacation rental or if you're going to just stay in a rental of any kind, and, in, and if you're in Europe, more importantly, feel free to just go everywhere, you know, because the authentic experience doesn't lie in you doing the same thing over and over again. It doesn't lie in comfort. It lies in you exploring novelty. And yes. sometimes what that means is going to random uh sort of dilapidated grocery stores and finding new products. Okay, make sure that the grocery store you go to is not too dilapidated because I don't want you... you yeah, know, but no you know what poisoning. I mean. Not leaving because uh, you well, don't make it out. Well, you know, it's like those mm. Chinese grocery stores. They, they don't look very nice, but, you know, they've got the oh, best got sweet potatoes. Good mochi, good sweet potatoes, and excellent tea as well. Yes. Okay, our goal for next week is to get Aiden up earlier so that he can come and enjoy Paris with us. And we'll report back and let you know what happened. Well, the, the issue with that, though, is that this is my only week off. And then next week, I have to go back to the same schedule because of the lectures. Well, we'll just have to see about that. All right, Aaron, take us out with some of your theme music again. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Goodbye. Ciao.